this NFL Week 1 edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Free Roll Football Contest. Join our free season-long pick'em for a chance to win $3,000 and a Super Bowl autograph SGP helmet. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any NFL game. Only on DraftKings with promo code SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off of your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, September the 8th, currently 11.05 on the East Coast. Here to, uh, I guess, lick our wounds a little bit after the catastrophe that went down for us on Thursday Night Football. But I think the good news is we got to look at the positive of that. It's it's the first game of the regular season. So uh, we're, we're, we're definitely going to address the elephant in the room here. But hey, NFL Week 1, at least for the Sunday games, are officially here to give out our player props and joining me here to help me break it down you guys know him as a motorsports king on the sports gambling podcast network and does so much work outside of just the sgpn network it's my main man rod via gomez rod how's it going my man this morning I almost considered retirement after last night <laughs> I, I i literally could not believe just how that whole game played out it was it was amazing in that Travis Kelsey, I, I was texting my brother, said that guy needs a billion dollar contract. You just saw what that offense looks like without Travis Kelsey. And let me tell you, I, I don't know who's out there in free agency right now or not free agency, but I don't care who's out there. If I were the Chiefs, the first thing I do like seconds after that game was call every available wide receiver and say, can you please? I mean, I, I would probably call Antonio Brown and say, <laughs> please come help us. Yeah, I think the, the the first thing that I think that the Chiefs wide receiving group got exposed last night. We see, like you mentioned, Travis Kelsey um, puts, I guess, a Band-Aid over how bad that wide receiving room is for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm not saying that it might be an overreaction by us, but I mean, it was bad last night for the, uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, give credit. To um, the Detroit Lions, they were able to take advantage and to do just enough, just enough to get the victory uh, in week one on Thursday night football for the first game of the regular season. Excuse me. 21 to 20. Uh, I know a lot of points, Munaf. All it takes is one point. <laughs> it does. It really does. And again, that's it's it's an outstanding start for the Detroit Lions, uh, who I think had a, a win total coming into the season of nine and a half. Uh, and we're the odds on favorite to win the NFC North. So it's a huge victory for them to be the defending Super Bowl champions. But not a lot of the blame has been going to Kadarius Tony after his. I mean, the tweets were just flying last night about was this the single worst performance by a wide receiver in the history of the uh, NFL? And Rod, I got to tell you, man, it, it's probably up there for how bad it was for Kadarius Tony last night because there was, I think Warren Sharp put this out, there was a picture that a freeze frame picture that he put out that Kadarius Tony literally has the ball in his hands. And the, the tweet said this turned into six points for the Detroit lions. And I mean, it was just that type of night. I mean, there's an opportunity also at the end of the game where the, um, the chiefs were driving where sky Moore I believe had an opportunity to reel in a pass on fourth. And I think it was a fourth and 25. I uh, couldn't get it done, but 
You're right. I think this just kind of shows how how good Travis Kelsey is for this Chiefs offense and how much he carries the offensive load for this team. You you want to know what Kadarius's Tony or his final line was? He had one catch for negative one yards. That is how <laughs> bad that game was for him. And and listen, I'm not gonna say. Uh, say oh, I'm sorry. That was that was uh, his rushing total. Which I mean, look, it could have been that bad. I think it was like uh, one catch. It was one yard. one catch one yard. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. Take away the negative on that one. I was reading the wrong line, but it was still the same result. Um, I I don't know. I mean, honestly, when you have a game that bad, when you make that first drop on the first night, I'm sure I'm sure stuff plays in your head. So I'm not going to bury Kadarius Tony no. after this one performance. But I will say, boy, I tell you, I will be hitting that. Uh, what's that machine that spits balls at your at your? Uh, I'll hit that all day long. I have everybody just spitting balls. <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing that's uh, happening in practice for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs is going to be that the little machine that's you know that they, they put the football in and then the guys go up there and try to make the catches. But yeah, um, I guess we also got to address the elephant in the room. Not a great night for us as far as our player props win. We're not going to sugarcoat it here. Uh, I know I went zero and three last night. Rod, I think you went zero and three as well. I'll have to check on Chris's picks. Uh, Chris wasn't able to join us today. He had a personal matter to attend to, so he should be back with us next week. But, um, look, there's only one direction for us to go, and that is going to be up, and that is going to be with our NFL Week 1 player prop picks. Um, yeah, so we're putting on our clown hats this morning here, Rod, and we're looking at our chops, but, hey, we're still here to uh, to give out some more picks. Uh, whether you want to fade us or follow us, we'll leave that up to you. Hey, listen, the thing about it is, is that it's not as if we come in here and say, oh, well, we think, I mean, we come in with solid research and sure. the game flow should have been the way it was. It wasn't as if Pacheco didn't get any single carries for me or McKinnon. The fact that he only got one catch in a game where Travis Kelsey was out. I mean, if, yeah. if, if we play this game again, that doesn't happen again. I'm telling you, it's just, it was a fluke. This whole game was a fluke. I'm putting it behind us. Yeah, I mean, look, I was I was excited. I saw that the Lions got the first touchdown of the game. It was a passing touchdown from Jared Goff to Amaran St. Brown. I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. I just need one more passing touchdown. And it just didn't come into fruition. And like you mentioned, Isaiah Pacheco didn't. Uh, he got the carries, but he, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think, got the bulk of the the, the carries uh, last night uh, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes ended up as the leading rusher. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that just kind of tells you how the offense was uh, looking last night for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, all right, Rod, let's let's uh, forget about it. Short memory. You know, it's like quarterbacks throwing interceptions. Short memory. Forget about it. Let's move on to NFL week one for the Sunday games, at least. Before we dive into that, uh, let me tell everyone about the free roll football contest for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Have you signed up yet for our free season log NFL pick'em contest? It's $1,000 for first place and $500 for second place. And if you're a Patreon member, the NFL season, your prize doubles from two, so from $1,000 to $2,000 for first place and from $500 to $1,000 for second place. Plus, if you're a Patreon member, win, uh, wins the free roll football contest, you're going to get an autographed full-size sports gambling podcast helmet, which includes guests like Joe Theismann, Bill Romanowski, uh, Pac-Man Jones, John Sally, Eric Metcalf, and LeGarrette Blunt. Sign up link is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon to get in for your chance to win double your prize and win the weekly Patreon Pick'em Contest. And it's officially here. We've been hyping it up seven months without football. We were able to digest an NFL game on Thursday night, but officially NFL Week 1 Sunday is just two days away. And the wait is officially over, and NFL is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you can get. Download the app now and use promo code SGP to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting, betting 5 bucks. That's code SGP. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See, sports, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. And... Ross, we're brought to you by Game Time App. Look, you want to get out there for NFL Week 1 or you still want to catch a uh, game at the ballpark? 
uh, for baseball season, or if you want to check out uh, a comedy show or theater in your area, let Game Time take care of you. They make it uh, they make it uh, stress free when you're trying to find tickets. And again, they have game uh, tickets and any type of tickets up to the uh, day of the event, so you don't have to worry about planning out months in advance. The thing I love about their app is they have great flash deals and last minute tickets. But the best part is, is that when you go and buy a ticket, you can see the exact image of your seat that you're going to get at that venue. The lowest price is guaranteed event cancellation protection, job loss protection as well. Like I mentioned, forget planning in months in advance. Game time has deals tickets on uh, events right up to the day of. Get uh, images of your seat like I mentioned. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're pretty much done. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account, redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download the GameTime app, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Rod, let's get into our player props here for NFL Week 1. We're going to give uh, four player props, and then our fifth one will be our best bet. Uh, at the end of the episode, and then we'll throw out some touchdown props that we do like as well for NFL Week One. So, Rod, lead us off, my man. All right, I'm going to start with my favorite team. If you if you didn't already know what that team is, if you're watching YouTube, uh, I am wearing a Jeff Garcia jersey. By the way, this is not a Trey Lance. Uh, I'll show you. <laughs> there we go. Oh yeah, Jeff Garcia. Yes, sir. Garcia. So uh, I'm going to start with the current quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy. His passing touchdown total is set at one and a half. You're getting plus money if you take the over on this. I will take the over on this. Brock Purdy is back, ladies and gentlemen. Brock Purdy is playing the Steelers. Their defense is, is okay. It's it's not the greatest, but uh, I, I still believe that Brock Purdy can get at least two passing touchdowns. Why, you ask? Well, he had two passing touchdowns in every game over the last uh, six games of his season last season. He started out uh, with two against Miami, two against Tampa, two against Seattle, two against Washington, two against the Raiders, three against Arizona, and then three in the uh, the playoff game against Seattle. So Brock Birdie, I mean, for as much as the Niners love to run, is still at least able to get two touchdowns in a game. He's got Debo. He's got Ayuk. He's got Samuel. He's got, you know, all these. He's got McCaffrey even that can catch touchdown passes. The dude's got so many weapons at his disposal. I, I just can't see a, a scenario in which he doesn't at least get two touchdowns in this game. Looking back at like what I said, as far as what the Steelers did last season. And this is the tough thing about week one, right? I mean, we, we always say this is what they did last season, but obviously yeah. they, they've made changes. They've made upgrades. They've sometimes made downgrades. So you never really truly know, but all we can kind of hang our hat in, on is that uh, quarterbacks have done this against them. Last season, Joe Burrow threw for two. Jacoby Brissett even threw for two. Josh Allen threw for four. Hertz threw for four. Burrow again threw for four the next time around. Deshaun Watson even got two on them last season. So uh, this is something that the Steelers are uh, able to give up. This is something Brock Purdy has done every single time he stepped on the field. So I, I can't see that trend changing. And I think opening week, they're going to need for Brock Purdy to show that he is back 100% and that uh, they're going to give him the opportunity to to just prove that and prove that to the fans and prove that to the coaching staff. So give me two touchdowns at least for Brock Purdy on the day, plus 120 over on DraftKings. Yeah, I think the, the in this game, I don't think the Niners will have uh, a lot of success running the football. Um, so I think it's going to have to be on the shoulders of Brock Purdy uh, for them to score points. Um, you talk about Christian McCaffrey, you talk about Debo Samuel. I don't, I'm not sure if George Kittle will be out there for the uh, San Francisco 49ers offense, but um, I, I think that number one, like I mentioned, the running game will, I don't want to say it will be non-existent, but I think we'll have a tough time on the ground. And if we get down to like, you know, red zone situations, um, I, I think it's Brock Purdy's going to have to make a play with his arm. And number two, I think that when we talk about the 49ers offense and quarterbacks, Kyle Shanahan puts these quarterbacks in the right positions, right? We saw Jimmy Garoppolo when he was there for so many years with the 49ers team that it, it, it seemed like, I don't want to say scripted is not the right word, but he just put them in the right situations. I think Brock Purdy, like you mentioned, when he came in to uh, be the starting quarterback for this uh, 49ers team when he took or came in uh, um, after Jimmy Garoppolo got uh, injured, um, 
like you mentioned, he done it in almost every single game. So I think that the playbook opened up a little more. We talked about that when we did the NFC West preview. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think this, especially at plus money, you you, you got to take it. And again, you're the Niners fan. So, uh, and as you've watched the games, you know, you, you know what, what's going on with the 49ers. So uh, over one and a half for Brock Purdy at plus odds. Uh, all right. For my first player prop rod, I am going to stick uh, in the same division of the AFC North. I'm going to take Joe Burrow to throw an interception here. Uh, it's at plus 120 currently over on DraftKings. So obviously Joe Burrow did not uh, have a lot of practice or played in any of the preseason games for the Cincinnati Bengals dealing with a calf injury, right? And uh, you kind of take a look at his game log uh, against this uh, Cleveland Browns defense, and um, he's played them, I believe, six times in his career. And he's thrown an interception in at least five of those six games against the Cleveland Browns. And when we talk about the Cleveland Browns, uh, sorry, he's played in five career games, and he's thrown at least four touch, uh, four interceptions. Uh, in four out of those five games, including four straight games. He did it uh, last season. He threw one each in those uh, matchups going back to the 2020-21 season. Um, two interceptions and then uh, back all the way on October 25th of 2020, he had one interception. So also what stuck out to me is the number of sacks that he's taken from this Cleveland Browns defense. I mean, three, four, five, five. He only had one sack in that last game uh, in December of 2022. But Look, I know he just signed a huge contract uh, to be the franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. But I, I do have some concerns that there may be some rust here with uh, Joe Burrow against the Cleveland Browns. And when we talk about the Cleveland Browns, this secondary and their front seven come in right in top 10 um, in um, in positional rankings for this upcoming season. So. I think that, again, the rust may be there. I think that, he, again, he'll make some mistakes here against the Cleveland Browns like he has been. And I'm not saying that the Browns have figured him out, but I think that, you know, when we talk about, again, last night is a great example that a tip pass can fall in to the hands of a defender on the Cleveland Browns. Um, so I think at plus 120, I'm going to take Joe Burrow to throw at least one interception in this game here, Rod. And I don't know what it is about the Browns, but the Bengals and the Browns always play games that are a little more intense. I mean, maybe it's the interstate rivalry, maybe it's whatever, but it just seems like those games are always a little more intense. So uh, a little more defense sometimes, a little more interceptions thrown. So uh, I like that as well. I mean, look, it is game one. We have seen already some crazy stuff happen. So Joe Burrow throwing an interception is not necessarily that crazy of something to happen. All right, uh, Rod, take us over to player pro number two. All right, uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC West now as we're talking. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Justin Herbert. His passing attempt is uh, set at 35 and a half. What's crazy, Moonoff, this is a high number already, but I'm going to take the over on this one. Justin Herbert has thrown for the over last season 10, 10 games. That's that's way more than half, obviously. This guy throws a lot, and, and it's crazy to think because you know, you've got Austin Eckler back there who can run the ball, but they just tend to throw the ball a ton. Uh, he started out the season with 34 pass attempts, which is kind of close to this against the Raiders, but then opened it up 48 against Kansas City, 45 against Jacksonville, 39 against Houston, 57 against Denver, 51 against Seattle, and then uh, against the, uh, um, the team that he's playing right now, the Dolphins. He actually had 51 pass attempts in the, in the second time he played them. Uh, so he's been throwing this ball a lot against everybody and against Miami as well. Miami seven times last season had uh, some semblance of quarterbacks. Now I will say that San Francisco had Jimmy Garoppolo and that's where he went down and Brock Purdy stepped in. But before that, Jimmy Garoppolo had thrown four passes, Brock Purdy threw 37. I think it's safe to, to think that uh, if if Brock Purdy was in there for one more snap or a couple, he would have probably thrown a 38th. Or if Jimmy was in there, he probably would have thrown at least 38 as well. Uh, so I, I guess we can kind of count that as, a, as one in my favor. But again, Justin Herbert alone, I'm not even really worried about what Miami does. Justin Herbert will throw this ball a lot. And 38 attempts for him, it feels like he'll get that in the first three quarters uh, of a game. So, uh, you know, like I said... It seems like a high number, but when you look at what he's done, especially last season, 
it's just not. <laughs> that that's actually a low game for him in most cases. I mean, you also going back you to take a look at the the total in this game. It's at around what fifty one points um, for for this game between the Dolphins and the Chargers. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the books are expecting uh, points to be scored in this game. And again, if it does even go under this number, let's say it's about 47, 48 points, that's still a lot of points uh, that is being scored. But uh, you can go back and look at the career numbers for uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, in his career, he's averaging 40.1 attempts per game. Going back to last season, he averaged 41.1 attempts per game. So, and also add to the fact, last point I'll make on this, and I really do like this, Kellen Moore is a new offensive coordinator for this uh, for this uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers team, formerly with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And we know that when he was with the Cowboys, they'd like to air it out a little bit uh, with Dak Prescott and the receivers that he did have there. And again, it's the same story here for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Where you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams, you have um, you know Quentin Johnson that you got in the draft. So you know, I, I think that um, you know, I, I think this may turn into a shootout, but again, when you talk about Justin Herbert, I think it's going to be on the shoulders for him to, if they want to win this game, but I think points were definitely going to be had, uh, in this game for sure. Shout out to Nick joining us, uh, in the chat there, Nick. Uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah, we're recovering it, but like we mentioned, it's, it's one game of the NFL season, the first game, but yeah, we're, we get to wipe the, the slate clean and then, uh, we know, forget about it. A goldfish memory and, and and focus on uh, week one on the Sunday game. So hopefully we can find some more winners here. So that's player prop number two for my man Rod. Uh, before I get over to my uh, second player prop of the uh, Sunday schedule, let me tell you about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's Hall of Fame Bets. Winnebaker by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with his circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets. Revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get uh, to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players' hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bet app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off for your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And Ross, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. Your pick between two to five players, so like where they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats. Then do what you usually spend your Sundays doing, watching the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, but you can win real money. So watch along, make your picks, and make a little cash over on Underdog's uh, mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And hang tight at the end of the episode. We'll put together a little parlay for you guys uh, for the uh, Sunday games with our player props. All right, Rod, let's me get over to my next player prop. I am going to stay in that same division again, uh, the AFC North. I'm going to go over to the uh, Steelers and the Niners game that we uh, talked about. I should have just gone into my first player prop with that as well. But I'll go back to that. <clears throat> I'm going to go with George Pickens over 41 and a half receiving yards uh, in this game uh, against the 49ers. And I liked number one, what I've seen uh, from George Pickens um, in, in, in training camp and practice during um, this off season. And we've seen all the hoorah uh, of how you know many spectacular and amazing catches that George Pickens can make. But I feel like this is going to be a year where he's going to take that next leap in his career, making that that second year leap for this offense of the uh, of Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Kenny Pickett last season came in and took over for the starting quarterback job. I think after week, I think it was week four or five. But I think what really stood out to me uh, about George Pickens and also Kenny Pickett is that in that second half of the year, whether it's like the final seven, eight, nine games, they were looking to find their stride. Um, um, for this offense, and again, I know uh, Kenny Pickett has some early, um, you know, turnover issues. But the final, I think, eight games of the season, he didn't throw. He threw one interception that span. You go back and look at George Pickens last season, 
52 receptions, 801 yards. He had a 44, uh, sorry, 42 or more receiving yards in four of the last five games of the regular seasons for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Uh, I'm not completely sold on the secondary of the San Francisco 49ers. I know their front seven is absolutely amazing, led by uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, but I, I still have some questions about their secondary. We saw Patrick Mahomes go in there last season and absolutely torch this team up. Um, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett obviously is um, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, but also what I really did like about this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team is in the preseason when the stars were out there, Five drives resulted in five touchdowns, meaning they're they're going to be able to move the football. And I'm not asking for an astronomical number here from George Pickens. 42 yards, he can do it. And like I mentioned, he proved it time and time again last season, where in 17 games last year, he averaged 47.1 yards uh, per game receiving for this team. I think the targets are going to definitely be up this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in triple-digit targets at the end of the season. We'll revisit that. But I think that uh, from what I've seen in the offseason and uh, training camps and in practice and in the preseason, I think George Pickens is going to be that guy for this offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to go with George Pickens over 41 and a half uh, receiving yards in game one against the San Francisco 49ers here, Rod. For as talented as that secondary is, they are the most frustrating unit on that team because they can lock somebody down for like three quarters of the game and then just give stuff up. It just... It seems like you got to hold your breath when somebody drops back to pass against them because it's like, is this going to be a uh, a knockdown or is this going to be a big play? So, um, you know, there's a lot of secondaries where you you look and you go, oh, man, what's good? Go ahead. Drop back. I don't care. You, we're, our secondaries got this. Not the Niners. <laughs> Not so much them. You just it's a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get. All right, Rod, take us over to player prop number three, my friend. What do we got? All right, let's go to the AFC West, and I'm going to go with my bud, Josh Jacobs. His rushing total is set at 70 and a half. Munaf, I'm taking the over again. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe the optimism. Maybe it's just me looking for good value there. But uh, the over on his rushing total at 70 and a half, minus 115 over on DraftKings. Let me just handicap it by saying this. In only one game in his career against the Broncos, has Josh Jacob failed to hit this number? That's it. I, that's that's my handicap. In the games against the Broncos that he's played, he's had 109 rushing yards, 144, 129, 89, 112, 85. The only one, the only time that he hasn't gone over this mark, 53 yards against them in 2021 back in October. Uh, so he has just, I mean, the guy can do this time and time again. Uh, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times last season where he went over this this total as well. So, look, Josh Jacobs is going to get fed. Jimmy Garoppolo loves him handing the ball off to quarterbacks. That's or to running backs rather. That's that's his bread and butter right there. So, uh, I just like I said with Jimmy Garoppolo there, we know that running backs like to thrive because that's just the way it is. For him, he doesn't throw very far anymore. He kind of lives in the in the middle. So these running backs get an opportunity for a few more carries because of that. And Josh Jacobs is just a talented running back in it of his own right. So and he owns the Broncos. So he's got a fine matchup to start his season. I think he's going to go over way over this 70 and a half total. Yeah, I think that number one that you mentioned is that I think the uh, attempts are going to be there as well, right? Turn around and hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. And we saw what he was able to do last season, not only season long, but also um, against the, the Broncos, like you mentioned, right? Last season, 28 carries, 144 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. The second division game, um, 24 carries, 109 yards, 4.5 yards per carry in. It's not like he was the only one to do it. Travis Etienne last year against the Broncos defense, 24 carries, 156 yards, 6.5 yards per carry. Cam Akers, 23 carries, 118 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. Dante Foreman of the Carolina Panthers, 24 carries, 113 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Um, Brees Hall in four short carries had 72 yards uh, against this uh, Broncos rush defense. And again, when we talk about strengths of this Broncos team, it's the secondary, right? We talk about guys like Patrick Sertan. Uh, they got rid of their, a lot of their front seven guys. You know, they traded away Bradley Chubb. Uh, Vaughn Miller is no longer there as well. So that strength that was the defense as a unit 
uh, was the front seven and the secondary, but now it just seems like it's just that the the secondary for this Denver Broncos team. So, and again, I think for Josh McDaniels and this offense that I'm not saying that I don't think anybody wants to keep Russell Wilson off the field anymore after what transpired last season for this team. But um, I think that number one, yeah, you want to turn around and hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs, who uh, again, Number one, like you mentioned, had an incredible season um, last year and career long. He's been great against the Denver Broncos. Uh, but also, I think that that offensive line should have some success uh, against not a strong unit of that front seven anymore in uh, in the Denver Broncos. So, yeah, I can get behind this uh, as well. I have the same player prop in this game here as well. Uh, it's on the uh, Raiders side as well. It's chalky, but I had to rub my eyes a little bit when I saw this number here, Rod. Devontae Adams uh, receiving yards prop is only at 69 and a half for this game against the uh, Denver Broncos. And now I just preached on how good the secondary is for the Denver Broncos rod. But when we talk about Devontae Adams, it's very, very difficult to slow this man down. Uh, Now that number's up to 72 and a half. I still like it at that number. And also did like his receptions as well. Um, that number, I believe I saw it at five and a half last night. Let me get the updated number here uh, for this game. It's at it's still at five and a half, but it's at minus 190, but you're probably going to find a six and a half. So let me start with this here, Rod. Last season, Devontae Adams first season with the Raiders, and he played the Broncos twice, just like Josh Jacobs did. In those two games last season, he combined for 16 receptions, nine receptions one game, seven receptions in the second game, 13 targets in each of those games. In the first game, he had 101 receiving yards, and the second game, 141 receiving yards in those two games. Now, I know it's Jimmy Garoppolo now. That's the quarterback for this team. But when you have a top three wide receiver, in my eyes, in Devontae Adams, a lot of people can make the case one of the best uh if at number one you can say for Devonte adams just because what he's been able to accomplish in his career i thought this number was a little conservative at 72 and a half i mean i'm not asking him to get into triple digits he's more than possible more than capable of doing it um but i think this also just comes down for me number one is that the targets are going to be there for Devonte adams as they have been all season long and i'm sorry all career long for him um, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to find him. And I think that Devontae Adams not only is a guy that can, you know, catch the ball and get you some yak, but he's also a downfield threat as well. He has some of the best hands in the entire National Football League at 72 and a half. Definitely shop around. There may be some conflicting numbers out there. Get the best number. Currently over on DraftKings, I see at 72 and a half uh, here, Rod. Yeah, and it's Devontae Adams. I mean, it's like putting a, a, a Ferrari in and saying that it's going to get the same gas mileage as, I don't know, whatever a bad gas mileage car is. Bad in analogies this morning. I think I need another sip of coffee. But yeah, again, I, I don't understand why that number is so low. Maybe they are factoring in that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't Possibly. necessarily throw deep anymore. But when you got a guy like Devontae Adams, it doesn't even need to be a deep pass. Like I mean, you saw what he was able to do with Debo Samuel. I mean, Debo was Debo because of Jimmy Garoppolo. So if he could do that with Debo, he can already do that with a guy like uh, like Devontae Adams. So I like that as well. Maybe the books are trying to be a little too little too conservative in the in the beginning of the season. All right, player prop number four, Rod. Let's go. Yes, yes. Why am I on the overs, Moonoff? Talk me off of these overs. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because they're like I said, the books are getting a little too tight to the vest. Uh, Darren Waller, let's go to Sunday night's game. Love Darren it. Waller uh, over. Four and a half receptions on the game. This is at minus 105. You're not paying barely any juice. In an injury-shortened season last year, there was only one game still that he was unable to get to at least five receptions, and that was the game against the uh, Patriots where he only caught three or caught three passes. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at his his targets. Um, still, though, he was able to get to to five catches at least in Arizona against Arizona. And uh, and look, Darren Waller is Darren Waller. Right? He's going to get some play now in New York. It's going to be just a, a, a offense that he's going to be able to thrive in because he is already a receiver. He's a tight end that masquerades as a receiver, and we know that the Giants need a pass catcher. We talked about it in the in the preseason where. This is probably going to be an offense where he becomes a wide receiver one, essentially. Um, So we'll definitely take that. 
But really what I'm looking at too is, is I kind of took a sneak look at Evan Ingram, right? Mm -hmm. What he was able to accomplish against the Cowboys when he played them. Well, he did very well against the Cowboys. He had eight receptions in his last game against them. Uh, he had six receptions, 11 receptions, five receptions, seven receptions. So Evan Ingram has gotten some play against the Cowboys. And if, if we think that that's going to be a little bit of what we see, you know, as far as Darren Waller and Evan Ingram in that same offense, uh, then I think, you know, Evan Ingram has had some success against the Cowboys. I think Darren Waller can at least catch five passes uh, in this game on Sunday night because they need him. They really, really need him. That's that's really all there is to it. If you go back to the prior, let's go back to 2019, 2020, before the injuries occurred for Darren Waller, um, he was in the conversation of being the one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean, when we talked about tight ends at that time, it was George Kittle. It was Travis Kelsey. Darren Waller's name was in that conversation as well. Mark Andrews. I mean, those were the top guys um, for fantasy purposes as well. I mean, go back and look at his numbers in, in those two, uh, prior two seasons before he had those injuries. He was a thousand yard receiver or, or tight end, I should say, uh, for the uh, Raiders offense. I mean, I'm trying to pull up the numbers here right now for Darren Waller, but uh, let's see here. Yeah, so going back to 2019 season, the last season uh, in Oakland before they moved to the Vegas, 1,145 receiving yards. 2020, 1,196 receiving yards. I know the last two seasons, like I mentioned, he's only played a combined 20 games, but when he's on the field and he's healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the league or, you know, right up there with the Kelsey's and the Kittles of the world. So, and again, we, we saw, again, we, we talk about the preseason. We talk about the the reports we see from the beat writers and such about how Darren Waller has fit in very nicely for this New York Giants offense. I, I think that's going to be uh, pay a lot of dividends and be a lot of help for uh, a quarterback like Daniel Jones. And I also I gave this out when I was on with the, the mothership uh, yesterday as far as a player prop uh, for the Sunday night football game. So I definitely go stabbing this <clears throat> here with you as well. Uh, all right, for my next player prop, uh, I came up with a two-team, or sorry, two-player prop parlay here, and I'm trying to get over to the exact numbers. So, we you know, when we talk about week one, Rod, you know, there's going to be mistakes that are going to be had. I mean, and I'm going with two quarterbacks here to throw interceptions. Number one, that's going to be Baker Mayfield. Uh, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll start with that right now for him to throw one interception is at minus 130. I mean, I don't know if I need to expand more on Baker Mayfield throwing an interception, but I think that in a game against the Minnesota Vikings, where we saw last year with the Vikings, it was high scoring games. You know, they like to get up and down the field. They like to score points. Um, and I think that if, if the Buccaneers are going to be trailing in this game at any point, um, he's going to have to throw the football, right? And I think that we've seen Baker Mayfield throughout his career. He's prone to making those mistakes. Um, so right now at minus 130 to him to throw one interception at first part of my parlay, uh, I will throw that out as well. And the second guy I'm going to throw out there to throw an interception. Um, I was struggling between two guys. It was either going to be Matthew Stafford or it was going to be Bryce uh, Young of the uh, Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with uh, Matthew Stafford uh, at minus 140. So this two-team parlay comes out to around plus 200 for both of these guys to throw an interception. Now we know for Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup is going to miss at minimum the first week of the regular season um, because of the setback that he had with the uh, hamstring injury. There's a possibility that he goes up on the IR. Now that takes away your your favorite weapon of uh of of the of the offense for Matthew Stafford, right? I mean, we know what Cooper Cup can do. So you're left with guys like Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, Tyler Higby, and those sorts of guys, right? And I'm not saying that to knock on uh, any of those guys, but we're talking about Cooper Cup here. And when you take him away from the offense, it's significantly going to fall off. But going back to last season, the five, the ten games that he did play in. He threw interceptions, a total of 10, uh, sorry, eight interceptions last uh, season in 10 games. Uh, he's played the Seahawks, I want to say, uh, once when he joined the uh, Rams as a quarterback. And he's throwing an interception uh, in uh, both of the games that he's played against the Seahawks once he became the quarterback of the uh, of the Rams. So 
this is going back to the 2021 season, Rod. He had one interception in the uh, October 7th game and then the December 21st game uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. Didn't face him last season because of the injuries. Both those games ended up going, um, I think, played in December, where Matthew Stafford was already done for the year. But, I mean, if we want to go talk about career long, even when he was de- his days with the Detroit Lions, he's faced this uh, Seahawks team six times in his career. He's thrown an interception um, in five out of those six games against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And I know uh, we talked about um, how the Seahawks are trying to create that legion of boom again. They drafted Devin Weatherspoon uh, at that cornerback position. I know Jamal Adams is going to be missing this game, but Matthew Stafford is prone to making those mistakes. And again, he's done it in five out of the six games in his career, including both of the games he's faced the Seahawks. Um, as a quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, Baker Mayfield throw interception, Matthew Stafford throw interception. You want to play them separately? I'm fine with that, but I'm gonna put them together. Give me a nice plus uh, plus two hundred three price currently over on DraftKings here, Rod. Didn't we make quite a bit of money last season off of Matthew Stafford interceptions? I believe I, we did. I feel like that was one of the staples of every week. We were like, oh yeah, and Matthew Stafford interception. Go ahead and take that one as well. So yeah. Um, and and you don't have to sell me on Baker Mayfield interception. I again, I don't know how much long that guy's gonna last at all. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I put both of those together. I think you're absolutely correct. I, I love both of those. And the fact that you're getting two to one on that, that's, that's even better. All right. So that is four player props each from Rod and I let's do our, um, let's do our touchdown props here, Rod, uh, before we get into our best bets to wrap up the show. Uh, what do you got for your touchdown props? All right, this one comes in with almost zero uh, actual stats behind it, but this is going to be a fun little storyline if this hits. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, anytime mm. first half touchdown. This is at five to one. Can you see it, Munaf? Can you see? This is the, the most Bill Belichick thing you can possibly do is <laughs> to let Ezekiel Elliott run a goal line, uh, uh, you know, in his first game as uh, a, a running back. We already know that Bill Belichick it's frustrating when you're trying to handicap any running back for new England, right? Well, now you put Ezekiel Elliott in the mix. I know everybody loves them. Some Ramondre Stevenson, but uh, you, you got to think that he's going to get some run. They didn't just sign Ezekiel Elliott to sit on the bench. And how fitting is it that you're going to give him a, a, a couple of hopefully goal line looks against his former rival in the Eagles, right? I mean, that's, that's even more insult. That's a, that's a Belichick thing to do is, toss this guy out against his rival in uh, around the goal line and give him a chance to punch it in. So um, if that, if that situation presents itself early, I like five to one for Ezekiel. And this isn't even first touchdown. You know, this is just anytime in the first 30 minutes, you know, so he's got, he's got all 30 minutes for two quarters to score a touchdown for you. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's Ezekiel Elliott. He doesn't do it all that often. It's anymore. Like it just seems like he's a plotter, but, yeah, I, I like him for an anytime in the first half touchdown at five to one. Yeah, um, I think when you go down to goal to goal situations, I think Ezekiel Elliott is probably going to be that guy uh, for the New England Patriots offense. Um, and again, like you mentioned, familiarity with the Eagles, uh, uh, with all this time that he was with the Dallas Cowboys to start his career. Um, but I think that there's going to be ways where this offense and Bill Belichick uh, uh, figures out how to get Ezekiel uh, Elliott involved. More than likely, will be obviously in the red zone as well because he's that you know big body that can um, you know muscle in it and get that one two extra yards that he needs and punch it into the end zone. So at a five to one price, I I, I can't argue against it uh, for that to occur. Um, all right, uh, for my touchdown prop, I am going to go with Anthony Richardson uh, of the Indianapolis Colts anytime touchdown. That number is currently at plus one thirty. Five, I think I saw the number. I'm trying to. Uh, here it is. Yeah, Anthony was plus one thirty uh, for him to be the uh, anytime touchdown score in the game. And again, talk about Anthony Richardson. It's 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 um, it's another quarterback that can utilize his legs, right? When we talk about the Jalen Hurts of the world, we talk about the, the Justin Fields of the world, uh, the Lamar, Lamar Jacksons of the world. Anthony Richardson, uh, we saw what he's able to do with his legs, especially in Florida uh, in his college career. So. Um, where the questions are still there about his arm, but I think that he'll be able to u- utilize his legs. And um, I think they're going to need it, especially for a Colts offense that does not have Jonathan Taylor right now. So 
Um, when it comes down to it, I think that Anthony Richardson, you know, whether it's a quarterback sneak or whether it's it's a, a quarterback draw play, when they're in the red zone area, I think that he can definitely punch it in. Or he has the possibility of breaking one out and taking it to the house because he has that type of athleticism. So Anthony Richardson plus 130 for my touchdown um, uh, prop here uh, any time. I'll give you one more here. Um, I was looking at the game uh, between the um, the Titans and the Saints. Chris Olave, anytime touchdown, plus 180. I think that, number one, we talked about it for this uh, offense of the, uh, the New Orleans Saints that I know Michael Thomas is back for this team. But I think Chris Olave is going to be that number one target uh, for this team all season long. He'll 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 have the target shares, and we're not sure how long uh, you know Michael Thomas will, will be able to stay healthy. I know he's back and ready to go, but at least for this game, I think Chris Olave uh, first time or first touchdown score is nine to one. Anytime touchdown at plus one eighty, I really do like that. Again, Derek Carr, uh, they'll be able to utilize his arm um, like. He does, has done all throughout his career with the Raiders. I mean, we talked about some of the wide receivers that he's worked with more recently, Devontae Adams, talk about the Hunter Renfro's of the world. Um, so he's had the weapons. And I think that he has even better weapons here with the Saints and Chris Olave. So at plus 180, I really do like him to find the end zone here, Rod. Yeah, and if you broke up a unit and put it on even uh, the the first team touchdown for Chris Olave, that's five to one as well. So uh, if you think that he you know may not score the first touchdown in the game, but you think he's going to score the first touchdown for the Saints, uh, I like putting it a, f- a little bit at five to one for that as well on DraftKings. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we know that uh, the Derek Carr works well with wide receiver ones. Michael Thomas is still the wide receiver one by proxy. But I think yeah. you're right. I think this season we're going to see a changing of the guard. We're going to see the younger, younger generation kind of sneak in there. And that's a lobby. And, and, you know, with Derek Carr, he loves him some young receivers. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll take that as well. All right, Rod, let's wrap up the show with uh, our best bets for NFL week one for the Sunday schedule. What do you have, my friend? Uh, well, we're to doing best bets, right? Yeah, best bets. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. I need more of this. Uh, I'm going to Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs over 70 and a half rushing yards minus 115. I know it's it's, you know, not the sexiest of bets, but it's going to cash. And that's I mean, we've done it so many times against the Broncos. It's not even funny. And the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is there now, too, we just said it, it's it even makes it better for him. So I, I think a hundred yard game is in the cards for Josh Jacobs, which if by my math is well over 70 and a half. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, uh, we, we talked about it, that he's done it throughout his career against the Denver Broncos. Um, again, if you want to not really, or I guess, protect Jimmy Garoppolo or if you want to slow the game down a little bit, which I think this probably would be a low scoring game. Uh, you want to hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. Again, we're not asking him to get a hundred rushing yards here at 71. And he's done that multiple times, uh, multiple, multiple times in his career against the Denver Broncos. And we saw what he was able to do last season where he led the league in rush yards uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, for my best bet, <clears throat> I am going to go. I talked about the Colts and the Jaguars game. Um, and this one's an additional one that I had wrote down and I added to my card uh, for this uh, NFL week one. Um, Travis Etienne over 14 and a half receiving yards uh, for the game against the Colts. We go back to last season when, and look at what he was able to do uh, from a receiving yard perspective uh, in the AFC divisional round against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had 18 receiving yards on three targets. Only had one against the Chargers, but he, he did break it out for 12 yards. But if we go back to the regular season, the final four games of the regular season, um, three targets in three out of the four games and at least two targets in all four games, but he was able to get over this number. 24 receiving yards against the Cowboys, 29 against the Jets, 32 against the Texans, and 17 against the Tennessee Titans. Um, and we kind of talk about going back the offseason conversation, right? With running backs and how the market has flipped on them and they're not really getting paid. And I think Travis Etienne was the one that came out and said that you have to transform your game and you also have to be a quote unquote a pass catching running back in this league. And I think that when we talk about those type of running backs, Christian McCaffrey is the first one that comes to mind. I think Travis Etienne is starting to fit that mold as well for this uh Jaguars offense. Also the, he has a report uh with uh, uh Trevor Lawrence, right? So 
And if he's able to get one screen pass or, or you know, um, a check down to Travis Etienne, he has that capability of breaking it out. And we're not asking him to get a lot of yards here. He can get it done to one catch like he has done in his career, um, at least going back to last season. Um, um, you know, receiving the ball as well. So I'm going to go with Travis Etienne over 14 and a half receiving yards as my best bet uh, for NFL week one here, Rod. Don't have to sell me on ETN. I, I'm so big on ETN this season that I probably should not be. So I'm sorry, Travis, if you're going to have a bad season because I'm on you. But uh, <laughs> I, I really do. I love the upside of ETN. And we've, I mean, you know, on the NFL Gambling Podcast, uh, Ryan, Justin, and I, we basically gush over the Jaguars. And I never thought I'd ever say that. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tre- uh, Trevor's going to have to get etn involved too in the passing game as well as a rushing game so that's such a low number that's that's one that's one good screen pass away yep. from, from cashing yep i agree all right that is going to do it for our nfl week one player props for the sunday schedule hopefully i mean it is going to be a better uh hopefully it's a better sunday because the only direction for us is to go up after the catastrophe on thursday night football but right anything else we want to mention before we get out of here no, uh, again, it's it's nowhere to go but up. And uh, for those of you who who listen, who just want to be here to uh, to pick us all apart, that's fine. Uh, we'll we'll cash some over the course of this next couple of weeks. So we're good to go, buddy. Don't 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 sleep on us. We're gonna get there. Yeah, and again, we we also give you the possibility if you want to fade us and make some money that way. If you think I, so, that that that's so a possibility insane. there as well. So we'll leave it to you guys. But hopefully, we did find some winners here for NFL Week One. We'll recap it. Uh, when we do come back next week for our player props, uh, make sure to follow Rod on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Make sure to uh, check him out on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network where all the great work that he does with the F1 Gambling Podcast and, of course, the NASCAR Gambling Podcast that has absolutely been crushing it. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, you'll know when we go live every single day of the week. Uh, a lot of different shows that we do from all the hosts that we do have. And, of course, here on the PropCast, if you haven't left us a rating and review, please go ahead and do so. All right. Enjoy NFL Week 1. Bet responsibly because it is only Week 1. We have a very long way to go. Until uh, then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.